Uncut Voices, Time During Quarantine, a unique podcast by a professor student duo, Vinita Dwivedi and Parth Thakkar. Hello everyone, welcome to Uncut Voices. In today's episode, we're going to talk about books and the art of reading. Joining me is my co-host, Professor Vinita Dwivedi and two very special guests, Professor Malai Krishna. and ameya kolhatkar hi part hi malay and ameya is so great to have you all in this very special podcast today because we're talking about reading it's something that i personally love and i know all all of us in this group love as well reading is in today's time when we are locked down in our homes we are confined cooped up almost and consuming so much information i feel that it probably gives us a really healthy mental break if you really engross yourself in a good book so i would just first try and find out what all of us are reading or have read recently something that that is still somewhere in our mindscape uh, can i begin with you malay have you been reading anything lately thanks uh, for having me uh, vinita on this podcast and yes i um, i'm actually reading this uh, book of world poetry i think you may have received an email from me recently which was I about have, yes, a yes. yeah <laughs> a uh-huh. poem exchange so uh, to get that uh, exchange and i wanted to make sure i got a good indian poem so i started that off and i had this book and i've read a little bit of the poetry in that book and you know whenever i look at something like that which is so beautiful i i i keep leafing through even after the original task is done and um, i think uh, i've been given a task you know much like we are being given tasks of uh, don't emerge from your home without a mask and so forth i i have been given a task to um, you know i usually get together uh, in a congregation so obviously we can't do that this is a congregation of faith said i have to i have to read with hopefully hopefully others in my family are also interested uh, my wife i'm pretty sure would uh, be able to join me uh, holy text this is a text by uh, a great seer and sage of our uh, the, the vedic culture adya shankaracharya and uh, he uh, penned this uh, uh, this poem or this song called pandurang ashtakam so i'll be reading five pages of that every monday evening oh this is fascinating i mean the whole family getting involved in the reading and understanding of a text by adi shankar acharya that's amazing i hope i can join in that group as well malay i would request you to if you can since we are talking if you can you know because you talked about poetry if uh, you could say say a few lines for us i mean you can think about it or you can go get grab your copy and read it for us is that possible oh sure uh, here goes mahayoga peethe tate bhimarathya varam pundarikaya datum munindrah samagatya tishthanta mananda kandam kara brahma lingam bhaje pandurangam so you know the very first word is mahayoga all of this by the way the translation is all or the commentary is all in hindi so i'm just making a rough on the fly translation into english uh, but the mahayog word itself is is sort of mind boggling and uh, it's explained that a yogi is someone who tries to join with the ultimate reality or god or almighty a mahayogi is one who is is so adept that the almighty 
instead of uh, granting him a, a, a sort of a, a presence or allowing him to come to him and meet him, in Mahayog, the Almighty actually travels uh, to the yogi uh, to to meet him, and uh, uh, it's just fascinating. And um, yeah. uh, the samagatya varam pundari kaya datum munindra hai samagatya tishthantam anandam kandam. He's actually traveling with a whole contingent of other great yogis uh, because he realizes that this mahayogi may not have time for god he may be just so busy doing immense karma yoga that maybe he may not stop for god but he may stop for his peers it That's flips the whole concept of yoga yeah. yes yeah yes. it's so, most amazing it is i hope my family enjoys it as much as i do uh, we have enjoyed it certainly malai and this is i've never heard of this before the meaning and the way you recited it the sanskrit Everything is so beautiful. I will just now move to Amir and ask him uh, what he has been reading. You've just finished a new book, haven't you, Amir? Oh, yeah, that's right, ma'am. Uh, so this is this book by uh, Albert Camus. Uh, he was hmm. a French-Algerian uh, philosopher. And the book is yeah. called The Plague. I started it as an internal joke since we were all quarantined. And it turned out to be so much more than that. The Plague is about a a bubonic plague outbreak that happens in the French Algerian city of Oran. The author, Albert Camus, is uh, the pioneer in the philosophical field of absurdity. All right. I mean, we use it quite uh, you know, easily, that word, but then it has an entire philosophical construct around it. And yes. it is essentially an, you know, parable or an allegory about how absurd life is and how different people, according to their stages and their constructs, try to give meaning to their life and their suffering. One way is to, you know, just give up, you know, to just end everything, just give up and just seize the suffering that humans go through on a daily basis. Second is to give into the temptation of believing in a higher order or higher purpose that is often ordained by religion. And the third way is to solemnly accept that there is no innate meaning to life and Humans strive through their actions to define own, their own perspective of what life is, you know, and this, this solemn resistance to the absurdity of our human condition is what makes life worth living. And yeah. that's what the protagonists do. So, uh, you know, they strive on, they battle on, they continue fighting this uh, plague outbreak in their city when the entire town is in despair. They have been cut off and quarantined from the rest of the world. They have no entertainment, no other options. And this is way back in the 1940s. Well, when you're reading it, doesn't yes. it chime in with what is happening today around? Absolutely. It's all very absurd. Ab- absolutely. I mean, it's quite Kafka-esque to think that one more than like 2 billion people in the world are just sitting in their homes, cooped up. And they don't know what to do. And then there's this sense of despair. It's a great book to yeah, and You know, I, I mean, it's so fascinating that you're reading this book. I uh, read this a while ago and uh, it was uh, guided. It, it was kind of part of a course that I took in, uh, in my undergrad. And one of the interesting things our professor of literature explained to us that uh, this book was written by Albert Camus kind of as a defiance of uh, Nazi occupation of France. If you think about the Nazis' occupation, it was kind of an infestation uh, or a, a plague. One of the other things that Albert Camus, you mentioned absurd, 
uh, or the, the you know the the genre the of, of the uh, absurd. yeah. absurdism or yeah. absurd yes theater of the absurd i think kamu also uh, sort of exemplified this idea That's of right. uh, of yeah. existentialist which is this incredible thing which uh, harks back to the greek myth of sisyphus Absolutely. where sisyphus yeah. was cursed to roll up a stone uh, this hill and he could never quite get to the top because it was always going to roll down and he was cursed by the gods to to this was his eternal punishment the existentialists believe that even though sisyphus was bound and curtailed uh, you know like in a plague and very little freedom he's condemned to do this for all eternity but in his mind he is free and i think one of the things that uh, the plague talks about is however difficult the external circumstances are that kind of bind you that cause fear to be pervasive in the environment around you the mind wow. is free yeah i think, uh, think kamu yeah kamu mentions that himself i think one of that was his most revolutionary thought when he wrote the myth of sisyphus and he goes on to say one must imagine sisyphus happy i think going back to what you said earlier male i find this fascinating that we think today that we are trapped but our mind is free and books really make you feel that way you go back and realize that you're not alone this has happened before there has been history people have experienced the same thing oh, this is such a wonderful uh, conversation going on i would bring in now part part told me he is reading a very different kind of book in this time so yeah i'm at present i'm reading annihilation of caste it is basically an undelivered speech which was written by dr uh, b r ambedkar way back in the 1930s uh in this speech he basically criticizes the atrocities which are faced by the dalits and untouchables and he calls for the abolishment of the caste discrimination system the annihilation of the system and it is such a fascinating read because it shakes you from within uh the realization that there existed a caste system which we have carried on till present is is something that is unimaginable i mean this is a book that i would suggest that one should go through to understand the system of caste and then the vision for a caste free uh, india that uh, dr baba saheb ambedkar had certainly annihilation of caste is a masterpiece especially in the indian socio cultural context what do you think palaya i mean um, ambedkar says the only said that the only way to get rid of the caste system is intermarriage and people still don't get get a sense of what he was trying to do or say at that time yeah absolutely and you know i i remember reading a long long time ago this book by yes. mulkaraj anand and he had been in touch he had been inspired by mahatma gandhi himself yeah. uh, the untouchable again it's it's a it's a very moving book and it so um, realistic takes you where no uh, modern book might uh, dare to venture uh because it talks about sanitation workers and uh how they are considered untouchable and how they are exploited horribly caste remains part of our reality today i think books like this books like the plague that amaya was talking about books like annihilation of caste i i think these books um even though they may be a little bleak or not a uh, very comforting in the moment as you're going through them i love the word that parth used you know it shook him so some of these books can can really sh- shake you and even though you may not get a lot of um, you know what you would 
commonly believe to be the comfort that books can give you it is very transformative uh, you know you you come out and and something in you has changed subtly i i think these books that generate positive meaning uh, have a deeper effect on our emotional state and and more long lasting but i should not discount and i am one who is a big hog for off uh you know books that just give you a a a lift like a you know a cup of coffee it might last for several hours or even a couple of days a right i think that's mind. very important what you just said that we uh, most book lovers i think they we kind of go back and forth in between these two types of books which are like you said torturous read but they're truly transformative and they're the other ones who are like you know a really nice cup of coffee type of books which really cheer us up take us to a very nice zone good mood another but a completely transformative read that amir mentioned to me was uh, 100 years of solitude you've read a book like that it changes you forever isn't it amir that's right it's a surrealist book it's yeah. it's written by uh, gabriel garcia marquez who pioneered the field of uh, magical realism and it, mm. it, it, it's absolutely bizarre things keep happening all through the book and if one can read that book like a little lightly obviously there are some very deep metaphors involved in that book but i read that book pretty lightly and it was an amazing experience like to- well marquez is is my favorite author right. but my my most favorite book in this world is love in the time of cholera oh. i have not uh, read a better book and also because i'm a great romantic at heart so i think it's the most romantic book ever written uh, but i i i will tell you now what i have been reading so i have been going through between i've been reading two books at the same time but the, again a transformative experience is this book it's like a small novel it's a novella it's called the death of ivan ilich which was written by leo tolstoy much later than after his storms that war and peace and anna karenina and uh, i bought it off amazon and it is really uh, i don't know have you heard of this book i have i have it's a very it's i mean if i use the word a lacerating work of literature it's uh, you just stare into the abyss of death so there's this judge kolivan ilich obviously who just it's the, his last days and the novella starts with his death but you really go back and see and you know in the last three days of his life he just uh, spends it screaming continually and it's almost like a nightmare but then it is philosophical it's so deep in its meaning and um once you again it is uh, it is another one of his masterpieces and it's not tolstoy did not write it just when he was dying actually he wrote it much earlier so i tried to read up for why did he write this book what was his uh, uh motivation probably so i came across this article which said that tolstoy who by the way never got the nobel prize for literature he's probably the greatest author that ever lived in this world um so he died of pneumonia at the age of 82 at a railway station in a remote russian village he had left his family in the middle of the night and he wrote a letter to his wife of 48 years that he's just going away this is time has come but he was going away to a future he could never go where he was going he was taken in ill on the train and the station master gave him the use of his house in as this place is called Askapovo but what happened then was fascinating there was no solitude in his quiet death he it became an international media sensation it attracted that little station hundreds of his admirers a news camera and it became quite a spectacle his own death 
And this is after several years and he had become quite a celebrated writer. But he was, throughout his life, he was very obsessed with the idea of death. If I could read a little bit from that, the book, and I, if you can bear with me, just see how his words, and this is obviously a translation. Morning or night, Friday or Sunday, made no difference. Everything was the same. The gnawing, excruciating, incessant pain. That awareness of life irrevocably passing, but not yet gone. That dreadful, loathsome death. The only reality, relentlessly, closing in on him. And that same endless lie. What did days, weeks, or hours matter? So this was my uh, deep reading. But let's go back to what Malay was saying earlier on about what is uh, pleasure reading. I have a small recommendation for anyone listening to this podcast and one for you yeah. specifically, Vinita, which is uh, uh, you read so well. Um, and I'm sure Amea and Parth also do. So guys, a recommendation. There's a, a site I frequent quite a bit, a site called Librivox. Dot org l i b r i v o x oh, yeah. librivox which stands for essentially libri obviously book uh, or library Voices. and vox yeah. as in spoken mm. so audiobooks mm. which are free and for instance tolstoy's books would be mm. off copyright and it's a volunteer uh, kind of setup so that any of us could read a chapter could indeed read an entire book and upload the sound files generated, provide listening pleasure to people who would download oh. those audiobooks. Hearing you speak, uh, I thought, hey, uh, Vinita, you are <laughs> right for that. Yeah, I, I will definitely check it out. Uh, how about some, uh, some pleasure reading? I, I mean, this book, Talking to Strangers, I think a lot of us have read it, part read it. I've read it. Uh, uh, have, have you seen it, Malay, uh, Amea, this book, the new book out of Malcolm Gladwell's repertoire? I, I read an interview about uh, him talking about his book. I was fascinated by it. I think I love Malcolm Gladwell and uh, uh, he, he's just so yeah. eminently readable, uh, even though his works uh, can have a lot yes. of gravitas and they, they, they again tend to talk about uh, stuff that is counterintuitive, could change your mind or the, your way of thinking. He is the author, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yes. of The Outliers. Yes. And so that's a book that I've gone back to several times. Uh, and and uh, and he's also a very humble person. So I think someone in an interview told him that, look, uh, the, the science behind the outliers is wrong. He was the first to admit it. <laughs> so I just find that fascinating. Someone who is vulnerable enough to realize that, uh, yeah, you know, I, I yeah. made a mistake. And uh, yeah. I know I sold uh, X hundred thousand copies. But I made a mistake. Yes. That is just so admirable. And I think that's what he did. I read the Talking to Strangers and I kept looking for that theory. You know, like a formula he gave in, I think in Outliers, only the 10,000 hours rule or something, which he doesn't give in this book. And he's saying, in a way, he, like you said, he said, he's only going back on what earlier sled, said in Blink or Outliers. But he's, again, you said it's, um, he's eminently readable. He's one author. The writing style, if we can discuss, sometimes a writer is just so easy to read and follow. And uh, I say this in my communication classes. I don't know if any of my students remember that uh, uh, three things we should do when we are doing public speaking, right? Or, or when we are trying to do professional communication, tell our audience what we're going to tell them, then tell them that, and then again, <laughs> repeat what we just told them. And he does that. It is so 
difficult to not understand what he's I, saying and that's an amazing ability absolutely ma'am Pick, he's so picking from this there is a particular story uh, that he writes uh, he he's talking about a meeting between uh, the then prime minister of britain uh, chamberlain and hitler and it i mean uh, during that time it had to be one of the most most uh, important meetings of, uh, for the people of that time and he's described it in such a simple manner that anybody can understand and it was about uh, hitler giving a double handshake uh, to chamberlain which made him believe that he has hitler's confidence the line is so beautiful yeah. that he says that the people who were right about hitler were those who knew the least about him personally i mean this it, it's so simple to understand it's so simple to consume yeah. when you're reading uh, malcolm gladwell yeah i think that i will easily recommend to people that these are some of the easier reading books uh, let's talk about some easier reading books also other books malay who are your favorite authors so the genre that i go to to is science fiction and uh, i would say mm. uh, a mind blowing book that i could recommend to anyone uh, is uh, an anthology of short stories by john varley i'm a science fiction buff so i have read everything from uh, the classics from the golden age arthur c clark asimov uh, paul anderson jo- uh, obviously john varley roger zelazny i mean i i could could go on and on uh, but i've seldom seen a single author produce an anthology which all of which just blows my mind so, you know the title story the barbie murders it is the ultimate commune so everyone is at least physically equal because they have been uh, engineered so this is the future and they have been physically engineered to look like barbie dolls you know of one height and uh, physical dimension uh, hair color eye color everything is the same and then within that commune murders start happening so they send in a private detective or actually a, a police man woman to resleeve themselves as a barbie to try to solve the barbie murders all the biometrics are the same but you've got to try to figure yeah. out who is the murderer <laughs> so that's just one of uh, a whole boatload of uh, fascinating short stories mm-hmm. and then of course there is the uh, the great you know pg woodhouse i i recently mm-hmm. purchased an omnibus i i love uh, chuckling to woodhouse and uh, that's that's always great Amaya what are your recommendations but i'm like definitely looking forward to reading uh, lolita that's that has been on my yeah, list for yeah. quite a while now yeah yeah i mean yeah it is kind of scandalous to no, think about no not at all but, yeah. not at all uh, all of tolkien's literature uh, lord of the rings and the silmarillion and the hobbit i mean oh yes i love that also magical realism by haruki murakami even he's one of my most favorite authors i also do like a bit of narnia i know i sound like a kid but still and a lot of world war uh you know world war era books so yeah that's you what know, i mean i was talking about being oh, a kid I, mean. i i still somehow and i i'm i might sound really stupid right now but i still somehow find solace in all uh, jk rowling books because uh, yeah i was thinking that <laughs> i was just thinking that part i was hoping you'd say that yeah because these these uh, the entire harry potter series for example was the first introduction uh, to the world of books you know uh, at least for me and a lot of people like me and it just reminds you of the time uh it just takes you back into your childhood memories and i think that that is the comfort that i find in if if you are talk if you are to ask if there is a comfort book 
we are we are like you know book lovers just love everything really i am also uh, i've also studied literature any lover or your teacher at least will tell you that you have to read a wide variety of books all kinds of books so when you said lolita there is from lolita to harry potter everything has to be read for you to kind of have and then develop what you really like what you enjoy and then go back to it and that's why we keep saying and when one of the reasons why i thought let's have this chat because like mala has just told me about uh, john bali this is a just new, a new door opens and he has in the past also introduced me to some other authors and writers and and this is the kind of commune that book lovers need and sometimes because of somebody's recommendation we actually start reading something and harry potter sure. are the best selling books of all times and you know it is not by chance that they are amazing books and i think they will go down in history as some of the you know they will be classic literature they are already in terms of my reading soft easy to read book was a recent book that i read on a uh, i saw it as recommendation on one of the book groups that i follow on facebook and it said oh you should read it and it's, uh, it's called the 40 rules of love by leif shafak and she's a french born turkish writer who writes in english uh, so she, it's not a translation and uh, it's it's a, one of her best sellers it's not a new novel but really it's quite talked about it's a book within a book so there is a the novel but within the novel she's also reading another novel the other novel which is inside the 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 actual book is called sweet blasphemy and that to me was more interesting because it was about the friendship between turkish poet rumi and shams of tabriz who was the wandering dervish and and you know there are several books and lots of lots of work that has been written about tabriz and rumi and their friendship but it is a new retelling of that same story but it's very beautifully done and it is full of quotable quotes and lovely things it's absolutely, a sad book in the end and, uh, but it is still no, it's a lovely read uh, so uh, uh, it's it's just uh, you know you have to surround yourself with books that uh, uh, you you um, you have not read and uh, may may or may not be the most popular books uh, that's how you keep growing and uh, learning and uh, developing your mind uh, get into the stuff that is unusual and keep reading i mean reading cultivates the mind i think sure. that's the perfect note to end this podcast on today thank you so much guys mala you really are always inspiring and you kind of assimilate a lot of your understanding of reading and the world around you you express it so well your abhivyakti is so good i really like that thank you so much amaya i am really happy that as a young man you're reading such good stuff parth and i we had no doubt we had chosen the best the best people to come on this podcast today thank you everyone and we hope to see you soon in person and discuss more about our books